God. We thank you, Father God, for the Holy Spirit, which is our teacher on tonight. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to teach us in this place on tonight. We thank you, Father God, that it is no longer us who live because we have been crucified with Christ on tonight in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father God, that as we get into the word, the word quicken us and bring life unto us on tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. On tonight, what I want to do, um, everything that we have went over uh, so far, what I'm going to do is break it down even the more because the Lord has laid on my heart how important this is what we're getting. And you have to know the importance of what you're receiving because we've been talking about the pattern of the church. And we know um, for us, we have to know what the pattern of the church is so we can operate in the church the way God wants us to operate. We have learned a lot dealing with the church. We have learned that we are the church. There is a local church, which, you know, you come to up in here, a local church. Then there's a universal church that means that all of us, no matter where we are, we are universal because we believe in the same God. Amen. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start over and I pray that as I do, I'm not starting way, way, way over. But I have to add some stuff before I can go on with the motivational gifts so all of us have an understanding of what's being said, and this will help us to understand it even the more. Um, we talked about what are spiritual gifts, and I told you that spiritual gifts are special God-empowered abilities that God gives to each follower of Jesus Christ in order to equip them to serve him. So we know that these spiritual gifts they are God-given, and he gives these gifts to followers of Jesus Christ to equip them to serve him. So what I want to um, focus on with everybody is to let you know again, it is not about you. We really have to strip ourselves of us. And if we do that, first and foremost, we in the body of Christ, the members that are in the body, will be able to function as one body, which is Christ. The church is not functioning the way we should function because everybody is in everybody lane. You have to know your position. You have to know that position so you can stay in your lane so all of us can come together and be that one body, which is Jesus Christ. So let me go over it again. I'm going to break it down in a way, and I pray that as I break it down, and this way, it will help everybody to see it even the more. How about that? The word is so good. And when we take the word for what it is, I'm telling you, when you really get in the word and you stay in the word, the word gets in you. And as the word get in you, you can function the way that you need to function here on earth. Please keep this in mind. You have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer you who live, but it's Christ who lives in you. And the life that you now live in the flesh, you live according to the faith of the Son of God who died for you and um, who love you. Now, go with me, first of all, to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 through verse 7. In this, this is Paul talking to um, the Corinthians and Paul felt this was necessary for him to bring to this church, but it ain't also necessary for them. It's necessary for us as well as the body of Christ. Now, this is what he's saying in verse one. 
He said, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, he's talking to us as believers, I would not have you ignorant. And Paul emphasized that because in the church, there were people that were ignorant coming um, from the knowledge of knowing what the gifts were. He said, I would not have you ignorant. He want us to know about these gifts. He want us to be um, have knowledge. He said, ye know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols, idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but, but by the Holy Ghost. Now he goes into this. Now there, there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. That diversity means variety. There are a variety of gifts but the same Spirit. So he's saying there are a variety of gifts but the same Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit that administers these gifts. That don't change. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. That differences there is, is a variety of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. First of all, I'm going to go back to verse 5. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. When you look at administrations there, that actually is talking about um, the fivefold, looking at the ministries. That's in Ephesians 4.11. I'm going somewhere. And it said, but it's the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. When you look at operations, it's really talking about the motivational gifts, which we call motivational, but they can also be called operations. And then it says, but the manifestation of the Spirit, when you look at the manifestation, that is the power that is given unto us in order for us to um, function the way God wants us to function and to do what he wants us to do in the body of Christ. So I had to put that in there to go back to where I was to let all of y'all know that everybody in the body of Christ has a place. Every member in the body of Christ has a place, has a function, whether it's in the operational gifts, whether it's in um, the uh, ministry gifts, which is the administration, or um, the manifestation, everybody get it. So I want to break it down so you understand. Let's go back to the operational gifts, which is the motivational gifts, and let me tell you about those again. Now, all of them... Um, it's the same spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, this is how the Holy Spirit operates through members of the church to do the work of the ministry. In the operational gifts, this is how the Holy Spirit operates in the members of the church to do the work of the ministry. Now, I'm going to prove this to show you something. I'm going to show you how all of them come together. All three of these um, types of gifts... In these different categories, they work together to make up one body, which is Christ. All of this work together to make up one body, which is Christ. Remember I was telling you about the motivational gifts, right? Let's talk about that. Since I went back to Corinthians, I'm going to bring it all to a head. When I was dealing with the motivational gifts, which is the operational gifts, why are they called operational gifts? Why are they called motivational gifts? Jesus used his body to operate 
and all the operational gifts while he was on the earth. When Jesus walked the earth, every one of these motivational, operational gifts, Jesus operated in. Y'all got that part? Every one of them that I called out, which was prophecy, it was which slash perceiver, server slash helps, teaching, exalter, giver, ruler, and he used mercy. When you look at ruler, you look at um, administrator. But all of these Jesus operated in when he was on the earth. When Jesus left the earth to be with the Father, he left these gifts to the body of Christ to operate just like he done here on earth. So when Jesus was here, he operated in these motivational gifts. And through scripture, you will see when he walked the earth and operated in them. But when he left the earth, these gifts were given. God gave these gifts to the body of Christ. Why? So we can function the way he functioned when he was here. This was a powerful man, wasn't it? It's taken all of us to make up one body. I want y'all to hear what I'm saying. This is where the enemy messes with the church. Everybody want to do something but not doing what God gave you to do. I'm going to say it again. Everybody want to do something but you're not doing what God gave you to do. And if you're not doing what God has given you to do, it brings confusion to the body of Christ. Where there is confusion, there is no peace. God is not about confusion. He's about peace. That's why when you're going up and down a highway, you have cars going this way, and you have cars meeting cars that are going this way. You don't see them zigzagging all over the place. Because if they zigzag all over the place, you're going to have confusion. You're going to have accidents. Nobody can get where they're going, right? So if we got people that don't know their function don't know what they're supposed to do, they over here trying to operate in something that God has not given them. And if God has not given them that to operate in, guess what's going to happen? It's going to bring strife in the body of Christ. It's going to um, stagnate the body of Christ because they're trying to fit where they don't fit. So my job is, and I'm going to go there with the rest of the fivefold. The fivefold job is, is to teach you, is to get you into that function that you're supposed to be into. That's the job of the fivefold. Everybody cannot be called into the fivefold. I want to make this clear. Do you know how you get to the fivefold? You got to be in a motivational gift first. This is how it is. God will have you in a motivational gift first. And as you end that motivational gift, God will move you over here. Jesus left those gifts in Ephesians 4.11. These are the ones that Jesus left to the body of Christ, which is gifts. So we got to understand, you got to know your motivational gift. If you don't know that motivational gift, you could be over here trying to operate in the fivefold, and that's not what God called you to be. So that's why I'm taking time to go over these motivational gifts so you will know what each gift does. So if that is you, that's how you can function in the body of Christ. So you need to listen to these characteristics and what I'm calling out because if that's you, that was you even before you were saved. Some of us was operating in these motivational gifts even before we came to Christ. 
Some of us were servers. Some of us did all of these things before we come to Christ. But when we um, come to Christ, the ones that's in the position of the fivefold, they're going to be able to recognize the ones that are in these giftings. And when they recognize them, they're there to teach you, to get you ready to send you out to do these positions, y'all. That's the problem with the body of Christ. Everybody want to stay in this building. The only reason why you staying in here is to get built up to go out there. And if you're not taking what you're getting out of here and using it out there, who else are gonna, is going to know about the motivational gifts and all of the things that you know? So that's why Jesus spent time with his disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, because he was letting them know where they fit. And he pulled the ones. Think about it. He had all these disciples, didn't he? But he pulled the ones out that were apostles. Jesus knew the servers. He knew the proclaimers. He knew the rulers. He knew every last one of them. So he pulled the 12 out, and those 12 came and made more disciples. Out of those disciples, y'all don't get it, there were deacons. They were servers. Out of those, you had administrators. Out of those, you had um, helps. You had all of these things right there among them. This is why I remember um, the apostles said, we don't have time to wait tables. I want y'all to understand something. We don't have time to do that. We must stay in the word of God and in prayer. But I want you to go out and find who? Seven men. Check this out. Motivational gifts. How many in there? Seven. These men, out of these seven men, he said it had to be full of what? The faith. They had to have um, wisdom. They had to have a good report amongst them. Guess who got to chose these men? The disciples that was around them. He gave them permission to go out and choose these men so they can be the ones to wait on these tables, which these were the deacons. They looked at the deacons because they were like servers. They were the ones that were serving that had a good report, an honest report. So they knew where they stood and it wasn't hard for them to find them because they knew what was amongst them. Y'all, if we get this right, we won't miss it. The church will be functioning the way God wanted to function. I'm going to tell you the problem in the body of Christ. The problem in the body of Christ, when you don't know the functions of these motivational gifts, you putting somebody down because they're in the motivational gift and you saying they shouldn't do this or they shouldn't do that. When you don't know what these gifts do, you making that person feel like they're not needed. Because if a, I'll give you an example, dealing with a server. Remember we talked about the server. That's the person who always you see wanting to help. They're always in the midst of something. They're everywhere. They're over here trying to help. They're over there trying to help. You don't even have to ask them to help. You look up and there they are. Can I help you? No, I want to see if I can help you. They're all over the place. They're willing to help. You never have to ask them to help. They're the first one to, you know, to show up. And sometimes they're in the background and some people don't know what they're doing. But let's say you have somebody that tell them you shouldn't be doing this. And you shouldn't be asking people this and you shouldn't be asking people that. That's not your place. Because if that's the gift that God has given them, it is not your position to tell them what they should not be doing. 
because that's the joy that they get out of doing it by somebody telling them you don't have to do this you sitting them down and now they're not functioning in the body of Christ to help those to carry out what God has called them to carry out this is why dealing with the fivefold if I have a server in the house it takes it away from me and my husband to not to carry load that we don't have to carry because the servers are always there and willing to serve without us saying do, 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 do. They know what to do. Servers can be deacons. I use Sister Denise as an example. Let me tell you why I use Sister Denise so much. Because when I first started um, getting into teaching and stuff, I was not into it like I'm into it now. But the Lord pulled me. He had an unction when it came to Sister Denise. Matter of fact, Sister Denise just came to the church. And, you know, I, I hadn't really sat down to get to know Sister Denise. But I knew it was something about her. And it was just pulling on me, pulling on me. And I remember the Lord said, I want you to put her here. I want y'all to check this. First position Sister Denise got was in the kitchen. She didn't grumble. She didn't fuss. She was on Kim's team to help Kim in the kitchen. So she didn't grumble, she didn't fuss, she just went there. She was pleased to be of a help, even in that position. She didn't say, uh-uh, I don't do kitchen. She didn't grumble at all. You have some people that grumble and say, that's not where I'm supposed to be. Well, that's where you're going. Anyway, <laughs> so she went in the kitchen. After she stayed in the kitchen a while, then the Lord impressed on me again, and Sister Niece was moving all over the place. Because she was a server. She had the gift of serving. She had the gifts of help. You didn't have to ask her nothing. She was just right there ready to do it. Everything, she was there ready to do it. So it was God that had that gift already in her that was already stirred up. And I didn't have to do anything but give her the opportunity to be in the place where God would have her to be. Guess what? The gifts of helps was there. The gift of server was there. And the gift of giving. What's there? That's three. But the serving and helps go together. The gift of giving, you never had to ask her to give. She always gave outside of being asked. That was just a part of her. She never had a problem going out and said, nothing too big, nothing too small, we'll take it all. She, she did that. So why would you shut her up if she's in the church? Y'all better understand this. I'm going somewhere with you, sister niece. <laughs> I'm going to help you out. Y'all better understand this. Server helps gift to giving, right? All of them are gifts. She would stand in front of the church and she would say, only thing you have to do. See, she spoke up. Don't I have some more givers in here? You didn't speak up. See what I'm saying? Only thing you have to do is ask. That's what she did, right? Gift of serving, gift of giving, helps is in there. And guess what else is in there? An exhorter. We can do this, y'all. No matter how bad it looks, we can do this. How many is that? Is that not right? That's four, right? I'm going to hit you with another one that's in her corner. Perceiver. is right there in her corner. You know why? Because she's outspoken. Some people want to tell her, sit down and shut up. Isn't that right? But she got all of these going on. So why would you tell her, you don't have to ask people. 
I'm helping somebody. Why would you tell somebody with a gift of serving and a gift of giving that you don't have to ask? You have not because you ask not, but you don't ask what? A mist is consuming upon your own lust. See, the more she understands what she have, she can function in it without feeling guilty. And the more people in the body understand what a person have, you will stay out there lane and leave them alone and we wouldn't have all this foolishness. Don't stop a person when they're moving. You, if we got more exalters in here, exalters supposed to encourage her. Don't you sit down on what God has given you. That's what God gave you. Don't you worry about what people are saying about you. You get up and you keep it moving. That's what exalters do in the body of Christ. <clears throat> when somebody knocks somebody, uh-oh. When somebody knocks somebody down. <clears throat> so we don't do that, do we? We keep it moving at all costs. So guess what? All of these um, operational gifts, motivational gifts, were in her even when she was in her mother's womb. They were there. God had already put them there for her. And I guarantee you when she was growing up, Sister Nice, you have a big mouth when you were growing up. Didn't know how to shut up. Somebody doing something, you'd be the first one to say, that ain't right, sit down. Right? So she was a perceiver. Then she was a giver. Even though she cursed you out, she's ready to give you the clothes on her back, but she cursed you out before she gave them to her. Is that true, Sister Nice? She was a server. She cussed you out, give her her clothes. Get out of the way. I got this. Were you a server, Sister Neith? She always trying to help somebody. See what I'm saying? That was in her when she come out her mother's womb. So when she got in the body of Christ, whatever she had before, guess what? Now the spirit that's in her through being born again, you're going to see her in the body of Christ moving all the time and never sit down. Where do you see Sister Denise all the time? All the way around, right? Do we get jealous over a person that's moving in all those areas? You shouldn't. I'm going somewhere. See, this is what the enemy want to cause. I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say the enemy want to cause collision in the body of Christ. The more casualties he have, the less we get done because we're trying to repair the wounded, because of the brothers and sisters in Christ is putting them down so much, we got to spend our time doing that instead of having her going outside the church, using what God has given her for people outside as well. That's what we're supposed to do. Why am I teaching you this? I'm teaching you this because this is how the body's supposed to function. And if the body functions like that within Imagine what's going to happen when that woman go outside. She can operate the same way on the outside. But I'm going to give you another example. Remember, if she's operating in all these gifts, let's say, being that she operated in all, how many was it I called out? Seven of them. She operated in server. She operated in exalter. She operated in giver. And guess what's another one that she got? Perceiver and a ruler. She organized. She want to make sure things is in order. If it's half done, not acceptable. So how many is that? 
Okay. But guess what? Out of all of them, God is preparing her for the fivefold if that's where he want to take her. See, I'm trying to help y'all understand something. These motivational gifts are important. Don't think of yourself as being one of the least because you're a server. Server don't mean you stay in the kitchen. Server mean that you're all over the place. You're willing to help anybody with what they're doing. That's what a server is. It don't mean that you're behind a soup kitchen. If you got to be back there, you go back there. But then if you got to be over here acting as secretary, man, you'll be over here. If you got to be over here cleaning up the church, man, you'll be over here. Whatever you see fit to do, that's what you'll do, and you'll do it with joy. That's a function in the body of Christ. This is what the enemy is doing, y'all. He is keeping discord in the body of Christ because it's too many people talking amongst themselves because you don't know the motivational, motivational gifts and you're putting your brothers and sisters down and you don't supposed to. When you understand these functions, you won't be putting nobody down when you see them. Some people say a busybody. All up in everybody's business. Yes, yeah, some people are nosy. But you're going to know the true servers. You're going to know the ones that really serve. And guess what, y'all? Remember now, I said it starts with these motivational gifts, these operational gifts, which the Holy Spirit operates through members of the church to do the work of the ministry. That's what you call ministry. Y'all didn't know? This is what people call ministry. Have y'all ever heard of people giving people license and said, I release you to minister? Tell them to keep it. You don't need a license to be released to minister. Y'all going to learn a lot. And the reason why you don't need that, because you all ministers in the body of Christ already. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Now, I'm going to give you another hint. Go with me to Matthew 28, ask your neighbor, say, are you learning something? Or she's stirring you up? Matthew 28, some people I'm stirring up. Some people ain't caught on yet, but you're going to catch it. Matthew 28, look at verse um, 19. But hold it, let's look at verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Who was that power given unto, that authority? Jesus and heaven and earth. But what is he getting ready to do? He said, listen at this. Go ye therefore and teach. That means make disciples all, um, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I love this one. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Guess what? The fivefold, this is how the fivefold roll over into the motivational gifts. The fivefold job is to teach you. Go with me to Ephesians 4.11. This is how the Holy Spirit managed the church. They're called from the operational gifts to bring operational gifts to maturity. Go to Ephesians 4.11. And 
And this is what they're doing. It says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Where is the work of the ministry? Over here in the motivational gifts and the operational gifts. So they're going to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So the fivefold, y'all, they equip the ones with these gifts for ministry. What, what does ministry mean? Serving others. That's what our ministry is, to serve others. So the fivefold is going to equip you to give you what you need to go out and serve others. They're going to equip you to let you know what you have to go out and serve others. So it is my job, the fivefold job, to teach you, to equip you, to get you mature in the body of Christ. Meaning that if Athea got, if she's a perceiver, and Sister Nisa is a server, for example. They ain't working against each other. They're working together in the body of Christ because every joint supplies, right? So that way, when they're getting taught the things of God, coming from the fivefold, they're growing up. They're getting mature so they can go out and make disciples so those disciples can come right back in the house and get taught and get mature. Y'all, look what we got. 5,000. But you know what's happening? The ones inside ain't going outside. You're getting taught on what to do, but it's a battle inside the church for people trying to take everybody's position. Tell your neighbor, I ain't got time for foolishness no more. Ain't no time to be jealous over everybody in here got something to do. It's no time to be jealous. It's a time for us to be that body of Christ that represent him, Jesus. That's what Jesus did. He walked the earth in all seven of these motivational gifts. And as they saw Jesus operating in them through the Holy Spirit, guess what? Jesus began to teach them. As Jesus began to teach them, now Jesus said, I want you to go teach others. He didn't just teach them for them to stay inside the house. You got to go outside the house. Amen. So we see that motivational gifts. Once you learn what your function is, some of those functions in here lead you to the ministry gifts. God will place you in these ministry gifts because these ministry gifts, once you place there, he rolls you back to teach others about the motivational gifts. Isn't that something? He's the one that places us. Let me give you a scripture. It's not man. It's God. God does use man to help you recognize what you have. Look at um, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. No, go to 1 Corinthians 12, 18. I'm sorry. Understand, these gifts are not for you to pick or choose. They are God-given. You can't even pick your gift. God done gave it to you. Quit picking. You can't pick what you want to do. People are trying to pick pastor. They're trying to pick prophet. They're trying to pick apostle. They're trying to pick, but uh-uh. 1 Corinthians 12, 18, listen at this. But now half God, that means that happened a long time ago set the members, every one of them, in the body as he hath 
as it has pleased him. Y'all get it? It says that God has set the members in the body as it has pleased him. So God is the one that placed whomever in the body where he want to place them. You don't place yourself. This is why you don't lay hands on no man suddenly. The only way I lay hands on a man is when God lets me know you lay hands on that man and remind him of his place and function in the body of Christ. Matter of fact, you're supposed to know your function. Because as you get into the word of God and you get that relationship with him, you're going to know these functions I'm teaching on. Because when I give you the characteristics, you're going to find yourself. You're going to identify who you are. I have to say this because I know it's the Holy Spirit bringing this to me. How many in here know that you're a woman? When did you find out? How many in here know that you're a man? When did you find out by how? You knew, right? The way you sit on the toilet. You had to find out eventually, right? When you were growing up, your parents had to tell the girls, this is what you do when you go potty. You got to tell the boy, this is what you do. Don't ing right now. Mama be mad you ing somewhere else. So the dad had to tell the son all them functions that he had, right? When to put it in and not to take it back out until you go to the bathroom, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. So you had to let them know them functions. And the women had to let the daughters know theirs, right? So you knew your function. Nobody could tell you, Athea, that you were a man. Could it? You're too slow. Because you know who you are, right? Right. So in the body of Christ, y'all, if you don't know your function, you cannot operate the way you need to operate. And you feel like you left out. You feel like you don't fit. Because you're trying to do something that God didn't set you in the body to do. So when you know your function, you'll stay out of my lane. We're having too many collisions up in here. The collision is when people don't know where they fit. When you know where you fit, all of us in here can come together as one body and be in unity and do what he has set us in the body to do. Right? So we see these motivational gifts. All of these gifts is is the Holy Spirit that's given us what we need. The Holy Spirit. But when we look, y'all, now check this. We talked about the operations, the motivational gifts, and I'm going to go over them. But we see it's seven of those, right? And we have those in the body of Christ. But listen at this scripture right here. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Listen at this one. Now you collectively are Christ's body and individually you are members of it. I want you to catch hold of that. Now you are Christ's body and you are members of it. Everybody in here is a member of his body. You're not left out. Don't let the enemy tell you you're left out. That's a lie. Each part severally and distinctly with his own place and function. Every part in here has a function. 
So don't think that you don't have one. You do have one. And that's why I'm teaching on these motivational gifts so you will know where you fit. And listen at this. Ephesians 1, through 23. I'm still talking about Christ's body. We're his body. This is his body. The members make up his body so we can function the way he did when he was here on earth. And he have put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church. So Jesus is what, according to Ephesians 1.22? He's the what? The head of the church. Guess what? Y'all know the head is the one that worked that body, right? That head. Y'all know men. That wife head worked your body. Okay. <laughs> Ephesians 23, 1.23, which is his body. Listen at this. He's the head of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives, I love this, the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. Y'all understand that? Within his body, within that body, y'all, all of us come together. And whatever part, function you have, make up that one body, which is Jesus Christ. And when we make up that one body, guess what? There's a fullness there. There's a completeness there. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And then we can function the way he functioned when he was here. Do you know why the church is not functioning? Because we got people in the wrong place. People want to be in a place they don't supposed to be in. And if you're in the wrong place, the body will not function the way it needs to function. That's what the enemy wants. He want to tell you, this is what you're supposed to be doing. I wouldn't even do that. Your whole heart ain't in it. Because you want to do what you want to do. That's rebellion. That's how rebellion come in the house. But when you're getting taught the motivational gifts and you see that you fit as a server, nobody don't have to tell you that you're a server. No, they don't. Because guess what? You're going to be all over the place trying to help somebody and you're doing it out the goodness of your heart because you love to do that. Don't let nobody take that from you. And if you're a perceiver, if you're one that hates sin, everything that you see is either black or it's white. There's no gray areas. You, you, you tell people their sin. You don't try to change it. You don't try to cover it up because you just hate it. And you always opening your mouth. And people say, can't you shut up sometime? No. That's a perceiver. Don't let nobody shut you up when you proclaim in truth. Now, if you ain't proclaiming truth, you need to shut up. <laughs> now, I'm just being honest. If you are not proclaiming truth, study to be quiet. A proclaimer is going to proclaim nothing but the truth. A server is going to um, be everywhere trying to serve everybody. You know, they, they show good deeds everywhere they go. They want to serve somebody. Not only in the church. You're going to find a server outside the church too. Some people try to play act in the church. All over the place. Want to feed the apostle. Want to feed this one. Want to feed that one. And get home and tell the husband, get it yourself. That is no server. Now that ain't, that ain't happening. Because the server just serves outside of how they feel. They're always the first one to get in there and do it. No complaints. Remember what I said now. If you're a good server, you're not going to be in the kitchen and somebody asks you for a napkin. Here. After they ask you for the napkin, 
do you mind, um, I hate to bother you, but do you mind passing me the salt? Well, why didn't you ask for the salt when you asked for the napkin? Didn't you see the salt when it was sitting right there by that napkin? Yeah, I did. But I didn't want to buy. Can, can I please have it? Before I give you this salt, do you see anything else <laughs> that you might want? Look good. Well, never mind. I, I don't want to bother you. That's, that's okay. That's okay. Now, you may be a server, but you might need to be perfected in that area. Amen? Because there ain't no way you can be good to me. And I, I turn around the same time. Can you hand me um, the pepper? Sure, pasta. Anything else you need, baby? You sure, apostle? Can I give you an, and the person over there is like. <laughs> you got some tendencies going on. But then you will have Sister Shirley come over there. It's all right, baby. It's all right. You want me to help you out? I'll, I'll serve if you don't want to serve. It's no problem. Whatever the problem is, Jesus love you. That's an exhorter. That's somebody that show mercy outside of what's going on. Y'all, when you get to know where you are, you will stay out of everybody's lane and you will give God glory that he put you in that position, that he chose you for that. You didn't choose yourself for that. When you know, y'all, the church began to grow into maturity and then you bring up, why do you think these people had so many people and they didn't even have buildings right then? Because they were trained well. They were trained by the best. They stayed where they supposed to stay. So that's what we supposed to do so all of us can get along in the body of Christ. Guess what? You are the body of Christ. And I got news for you. If we're the body of Christ and we're coming against Kwana, then guess what? We're coming against him because we represent his body. If we're coming against Renee, we're coming against him because we're representing his body. When you know that you're the body of Christ, you will think before you react. You wouldn't go on how you feel. Amen. All of us are supposed to respect one another. We're supposed to know how to come to one another in love, right? So we're the body of Christ. Did y'all know that? I talked about the gifts was given before we were born. We don't pick and choose. You must know your gift in order for you to function. We went over that in 1 Peter 4.10. You must know your gift in order to function in that gift. Each of you have received a gift to use to serve others. Be good servants, student managers, stewards, managers of the God's various gifts of grace. So that's saying whatever gift that you were given, you be a good steward over that gift. You don't be going out there trying to find another one. You be a good steward over the gift. Remember we talked about the talents and how he gave one five, he gave one two, he gave one one. The one he gave five was such a good steward, he gave him five more. Some of y'all are waiting for something else and you are not a good steward over what God has given you. 
if you can't be a good steward over what God has given you, do you think God want to give you more? I'm going to give you an, a good example. If God put the fivefold to teach you, why you don't show up to be taught and now you want to be an apostle? Hello? If he's given you these gifts, because when we look, at what Jesus done, when Jesus went to be with the Father, he gave gifts unto man. A gift is like a present, and if it's a present, that is something that you must cherish because he has given these gifts to you to help you to function in what he has given you. And you're supposed to show up to get taught so you would know how to function in the body of Christ. People don't want to come to church. People don't want to come to Bible study because they think they know everything. Then they come in the house and try to run the house. This is what's happening. This is why it's toe up. It's toe up. We're supposed to do it the way God intended for it to be, and it will run the way God will have it to run, not the way we want it to be ran. Amen? So we see that all of us have a function in the body of Christ. Now, before I do that, let me go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 28. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 28. When we look at this list, and we went over it before, when we were doing the... Um, the callings, when we're doing the fivefold, the ascension gifts. It says in verse 27, together you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is, is part of that body. We got that? Everybody in here is a part of what? In the church, God has given place first to appointed apostles, then second prophets, thirdly teachers, we got miracles, we got gifts of healing, we got those who help others, we got those who are able to govern, lead, and those who can speak in different tongues. Guess why Paul said that? Paul used this as an example because he was pulling these out of these lists. He was pulling them out of the ministry list, he was pulling them out the motivational list, and then um, dealing with the um, diverse tongues, he was pulling them out the manifestation list. Paul was using this for an example. These are not different gifts. He pulled them out to let everybody know. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Do all do work in the miracles? No. He said this to let everybody know. Let's go back. Together you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of that body. He's letting them know, you haven't been left out. You have a function in the body of Christ. It may not be teacher. It may not be prophet. It may not be apostle. It may not be the working of miracles. You may not even speak in divers of tongues. But you have a function. So tell your neighbor, you have a function. Say, it may not be my function, but you have a function. Isn't it a song that say, conjunction, junction, what's your function? Didn't have, we have to learn that in school. You got to know your function. And if you don't know your function, you'll be in somebody else's lane and you'll have disturbance in the body of Christ. It's too many people after a title. It ain't about title, y'all. It, it never was about title. God orchestrated this so we would have order in the body of Christ. If you ain't got no order, what do you got? Chaos. 
So he wanted order in the body of Christ. Now let me go here. Remember we talked about the motivational gifts, right? So everybody in here was born with a motivational gift in the body of Christ. We have them in seven motivational gifts. And you're going to see some of these gifts operating in the body of Christ. As I go through each one, you're going to see somebody that you're saying, wow, that's what your function is. And you're going to look at, oh, wow, that's what your function is. Like you have usher, you have the deacons. Elnor um, dealing with an usher, that's in what? Which one of those categories? Server. Helps. See, you're going to know where your function is. So when you know what your function is, that's, this is when, I'm going to tell you how it happens. If I'm using Sister Denise, and there's more people in here, but I'm just using her. If she's the server, she's in helps, she's a giver um, and a perceiver, guess what's going to happen? This is where it come in at. Sister Denise cannot do this on her own. So the Holy Spirit gives power to her when she's operating in these gifts. If she's an exhorter, guess what? The Spirit of God is going to come upon her to exhort. Not her way, but his way. Isn't that awesome? So he's going to manifest maybe a word of wisdom that day from her or, or a word of knowledge. He might use discerning of spirits for her to get done what he has placed her in the body of Christ to do. That's what the manifestations is for. It's for everybody in the body of Christ. But those manifestations help you to function in what God has given you. Isn't that awesome? So when we understand how this works, then that way we won't be ignorant. And when things happen in the body of Christ, we say, oh, that's why I see you did that. We won't be bucking up against people when, when somebody come up to you and say, well, this is what, you know, we're getting ready to do. And you say, did God tell you that? Let me pray on it. Don't you hear that so much? Let me pray and seek the Lord on that. See, when you know somebody function in the body of Christ and you know how they carry themselves in the body of Christ, you shouldn't have to pray on that if it line up with the word. You should just do what you're asked to do and quit trying to say, let me pray on that. So when I go over all these functions, you will know where you fit and we will quit having so much chaos in the body of Christ. Because, y'all, that's where stagnation come in at. Too many people are somewhere they don't supposed to be. And by you being in a place you don't supposed to be, it slows down what we're doing in the body of Christ. And the enemy know it. First and foremost, you need to be taught. And if you're not willing to be taught, you will not be able to operate in these motivational gifts that God has placed in the body of Christ. Because he wants us to function the way Jesus functioned. He sent Jesus here and Jesus operated in every last one of these gifts. He did it. So when he left, he left that within the church. He left himself. In the church. Ain't that something? Why are y'all coming against Jesus? This is why Jesus told Paul. Y'all remember on the road of Damascus. Y'all remember what he told Paul. Let's see what he told him. Yeah, why do what now? What did he say, Jennifer? 
Ask your neighbor, so why are you persecuting me? And what else did he tell him? Why are you kicking against the what? See, he was coming against the work. How many in here is coming against the work of the ministry? Some of us know better. Some of us know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Because we feel as if that ain't right. It should be done this way. It should be done that way. It ain't for you to say that because you have a function. And everybody in in this church has a function. And when you know what your function is, that's where you function at. You don't come out of that function. Because we're one body. We represent one body, which is Jesus Christ, y'all. And if we represent him, we're supposed to represent him well. They don't even supposed to see you. They're supposed to see him. We're supposed to reveal him. People see Jesus. They're supposed to see him more than they're seeing you. They're supposed to see mercy. They're supposed to see a server. They're supposed to see a giver. They're supposed to see a perceiver. They're supposed to see a administrator, a ruler. All of this they're supposed to see what's happening. Because we over here with the ministry gifts. Somebody's trying to be a pastor. You cannot be a pastor and ain't showed no mercy. You can't be a pastor and you're not a giver. You cannot be a pastor if you're not an exhorter. You cannot be a pastor if you're not a perceiver. You got to understand to get into this fivefold, you got to be over here with these motivational gifts. And if you ain't no lover of people, you ain't no pastor. Because God is love. I'm pastor. Somebody asked you a question. You just act like you can't even, I'm, I'm sick of you. <laughs> Go somewhere and sit. matter of fact, leave. <laughs> Come on, y'all, seriously. Some people want to be pastors and, and ain't even a giver. You don't even pay tithes. Woo, bow. Jesus. Don't even pay tithes, and now you're behind the pulpit, and you don't even want to give no money, and now you're saying, I'm pastor. No, you're not. Mm -mm. Oh, y'all, we're going to understand this quite well. This is why churches are tore up. There is no order. This is the order that God is talking about. See, people will say, the church is out of order. How? Because you ain't doing what I tell you to do. Nah. That ain't it. The church is out of order because you don't even supposed to be behind the pulpit. That's wrong. I remember we went into a church, and when I first started understanding where God had placed me, y'all, I used to feel kind of guilty, and I would feel like, well, maybe I need to shut up because when my husband would tell me he'd be back there ducking on his own wife, trying to look for a door to see which one he would go out of, I'm like, well, dad, was I that awful? But then the Lord started showing me different things, and Let me know who I am. And being that I know who I am, I don't care how people perceive me. If the church ain't right, I ain't staying there with that baloney. I'm not doing it. Because I love the Lord. Everything he love, I love. Everything he hate, I hate. I ain't going in a church full of circus. No, I'm not going to sit there while you got monkeys running all over the place and everything all chaos and crazy and everybody think God is in the place. That aggravates me. Some people, y'all don't because you think everything is okay. That's not me. 
Because I know my God don't operate that way. So if I politely don't even put up my finger and head out the door, don't get mad at me. You better be glad I didn't turn over the tables in there. Seriously, when you know who a person is, you don't down them for what they do. That's how people looked at me. Oh, here she gone. You don't want to go up in there. I want you to come up in here. Come on. We're going to teach you. When you know who you are, you don't get offended when people try to tell you, man, to shut up. You just keep going like an ever-ready battery. Oh, it's more coming now. See, that's what I'm saying. You cannot sit and watch people degrade God like that. I can't do it, y'all. It do something to me on the inside. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. That ain't the God I serve. Hold it. Mm -mm. No, and you bring correction if they allow you to bring correction. I'm telling you the truth. Because I've been thrown out. Well, I might as well have been thrown out. Say, don't come back. It was all right. It was okay. I wasn't even offended by that. Several years later, a woman come up to me and she said, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you to leave. I didn't throw you out. They, they the one told, told, you, told us you couldn't come back. I said, who are you? You remember you come to this, this church? I said, yeah. I said, oh, it's okay. It's no problem. She said, okay. We met up to the buffet bar. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. I ain't have no hurt feelings. You know why? Because I was doing the work of the Lord. So when you don't know what people do, you putting your mouth on him, not me. So these things that I'm going over with you, when you know people function, you keep your mouth off of them. Because what you're doing, you're hurting God. And I'm going to tell you what the problem is. People don't come to Bible study to learn nothing. And they get with other people. When other people down your pastor, you get with them and you put your pastor in that category because you should be up in here getting taught, telling them what the word is saying and shutting them down. That's right. And if you ain't shutting them down, you with them. You ain't no perceiver. You ain't no perceiver. What are you? You a servant to them. That's what I call it. Because anybody you don't shut down, either you're ignorant to what they're saying or you know and don't want to lose a friend. Y'all, we're going to learn something. Everybody need to know where you fit. And you're going to find out where you fit up in here. Because we're going to do things God's way and not man's way. It ain't about me, y'all. For years, that's all I said is Galatians 2.20. Come on, we got it written everywhere. I have been crucified with Christ. And that's why I say it every day. Because when God gives you a function, you're supposed to be faithful over what God has given you. You don't take it lightly. You need to be giving God glory that he placed you in that body to carry out what he has set you to carry out. Amen. So I'm going to keep going over this. So everybody will know where they function. Some people say, listen here, I've been hearing you call out all seven of these and I don't see me nowhere. (laughs) We'll just continually sit there and show the love of God. And maybe eventually it'll come out (laughs) one day. We just have to, don't get upset if I'm showing you all this. And sometimes we need to be perfected in these things. Sometimes we have blockage, things that's in our way that won't allow us to see where we fit.
because we have carried stuff so long, we cannot function in the body the way God wants us to function. But it's okay, y'all. We're going to know so we can grow together. Amen? So I pray that what I have bought so far has helped you to understand it more and more. Let me say this. You got operations, administrations, and manifestations. The operations, I call them motivational gifts. Romans 12, verse 3 through 8. Administrations, which we call the fivefold, the ascension gifts, is in Ephesians 4, 11. The manifestations is in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 through verse 11. When we know how all of this work together, oh my goodness, it's awesome, y'all. It is so awesome. So we have to understand that all of these works as the Spirit wills. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives you the power, the manifestation in order to operate in the operational gifts and in the ministry gifts, the ascension gifts. The Holy Spirit releases that power. So when you out showing mercy, guess what? All of a sudden you talking to that person, showing compassion, Holy Spirit release the gift of prophecy. You begin to edify. You begin to build up. The Holy Spirit end up giving a word of knowledge while you out showing compassion. Y'all see how it works? But I got news for you. I want to leave, leave this with you. Remember how I say you got to leave out of here? Remember I said you got to leave out of here? Can I ask y'all a question? All of us getting the same thing, aren't we? When we do you know why we come up in here? To get build up. To get encouraged, not to be babysat. No, we don't. Guess what? I'm going to tell y'all when y'all gifts really show up. <laughs> when you go, it will show. Go in the word of God. When you go, it will show. Every person that went when he told them to go and do what he told them to do, the manifestation showed up. It is not going to show up if you don't go. You can sit up in here all you want trying to prophesy to everybody in this place. Ain't doing a bit of good. You got to go out of here. Now it's good to build each other up. But the point of the matter is you coming up in here to get what you supposed to get so you can go out there. And how's it going to show? When Miss Mary began to open her mouth and say, I want to tell you about a man that I met over 2,000 years ago. This man showed me mercy. He showed me love. He showed me compassion. And all of a sudden, as she is ministering to them about Jesus, the manifestations, these gifts begin to show up through her. Somebody is healed. Somebody is delivered. Those demons begin to come out of that person. And and all of a sudden they said, what must I do to be saved? I don't have a church home. I don't have nowhere to fellowship. Miss Mary said, come on, you can go fellowship with me. Come on, that's a seat that's filled. When you go, it'll show. You cannot stay in here and try to convert him all over again. We're trying to make disciples in here all over again. Oh, it's okay. Be filled with him. Let him run all through you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, we doing something. Somebody out there dying and you in here, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Don't let nobody new come up in here. Please. 
Everybody want to show up in this house, but you don't want to show up out there. What's up? This is why you come in here to go out there. You don't come in here just to every day mess with people up in here. See, the thing is, y'all, he will show up when you out there. He said, go ye therefore and preach what? He said, what? The gospel. Everybody wants something to do, but you ain't doing what you told. Everybody want uh, the Holy Spirit to lay something on them so they can let people know I can prophesy. Let me lay hands on you right now. That's why you see prophets with lines inside the church. Taking the Christian people money, the ones that's supposed to get taught. Now, I can see if they got the cripple coming up in there, but the Christian folks are crippled, so they're charging them $50 to get something they already got. Come up here and you get a double portion tonight. (laughs) Who need a double portion? Come on up here. I'm going to lay hands on you. It's going to be $50. And people so ignorant, they say, Ooh, that's me, Lord. I know I heard you. Here, we here. Take the $50. Double portion goes back to your seed. Hallelujah! <laughs> Christians! We wouldn't even be in those lines if we got taught. We wouldn't be looking for that with something we already have. Every time a prophet come into town, can't come to church, we can go see the prophet. <laughs> that's something, ain't it? This is what's happening, y'all. But when you know better, you do better. Anything new come, people go after that. But if you can't get what you're getting, why are you going to get something new when you don't even know what you got? Everybody get it? I hope so. Because I used to do it, didn't we, Jenna? Yeah, we did wait. We had sense enough for that. We waited till they got down to $2. After they went from 100 on up, down, down, then they say, get what you got. Okay. (laughs) They had them lines. Then the funny thing was the lady was calling the lines, but was waiting for the the top wig to come. Soon as that top wig got there, he called another line. I don't think you went with us then. He called another line. They got up again. I said, how much money y'all got? So what am I telling you? Please, y'all, learn this. And when you learn this, you won't be looking for everything. You will know the order of the church and where the church. Don't let nobody fool you and tell you. One lady told me, she said, when she was coming to my house, it was so funny. I knew who I was in him, but so many people try to give you something to try to get you in their church. So she called me outside. She said, I need to talk to you for a minute. She said, the Lord told me and he told me to do it quickly. He told me to give you your evangelist license and to give it to you quickly. So I'm going to give you your license. And I looked at her. I said, no, thank you. I didn't take it. Because it ain't what God told me to do. Somebody would have quickly said, okay. I didn't take it. See, she saw what God had in me. And she wanted to partake off of what God had in me. I said, no. No, thank you. Because God was raising me up for such a time as this to operate in what he has given me. My job is to root up and tear down the strongholds off the people of God. And guess what? By doing that, I have to be 
and one of the ministry gifts and already accomplished all of those motivational gifts to know how to operate as an apostle to set people where they need to be set. Y'all, that's what this ministry is about. This is why God allowed me to see things that people think I don't see. I see you. I see you. ain't even looking at you. I see you. God will call it out. He'll let me know why. Because this is my function. When you know your function, you stay in your function. And another thing, don't covet everybody's gift. You don't supposed to do that. You're supposed to covet these spiritual gifts, but you don't supposed to covet everybody's gift because everybody's gift ain't yours. And it's not going to operate in you like it's operating in them. That's why he say he give you the measure of faith. Everybody have faith, but he give you what you need according to the function that he has given you to operate accordingly. We can have three apostles in, in a house that two may be visiting, but all of us operate differently. Who's saying that? Have anybody seen that? Okay, I'll give you an example. The last apostle that come up in here and spoke, what's the difference between me and her? Okay, anybody else, Sophia? Constant flow. Anybody else? Y'all better be recognizing, see, this, this stuff is, this is what's going to teach you what's going on. Everybody's not going to operate on the same level. Mm -mm. You got to recognize that. Everybody's not going to operate on the same level. The reason why I'm asking you this is not to put anybody down or to raise me up, because that's not me. You got to understand, that's why prophets are subject to prophets. You may have a prophet that just give you a tinkle. Then you have another prophet that give you a water spout. Because God can entrust that prophet with more than he can entrust that prophet with. Don't mean that there ain't no prophet. Y'all better understand that. There's different levels. So you got to understand where a person is and where they're coming from. Everybody operate differently. Do they not? But we serve the same what? Look at Apostle Paul. Look at Apostle Peter. Was there any difference? How you know? Jennifer said the word says there was some difference. You can see the difference, can't you, between Peter and Paul stood up to Peter and said, you better sit your little tail down. He rebuked him hard. Told Peter, who, who, Peter? He wasn't afraid. See, that's what we can't, that, there's a difference, y'all. And you got to know the difference, and how do you do it? You know the difference through getting into the word of God. You know the difference by the functions. He has given us all grace, hasn't he? So we give God glory, amen? I pray that this part of the teaching have helped you. And we're going to go back through it, and we're going to learn each function so everybody know where they fit. And if you feel like you don't fit in there, it's okay. Because God got something for you. Amen. Amen. We give God glory. Do we have any announcements?